today we want to talk about a guy who um, I really, I'm most concerned with the people that I come in contact on a daily basis, if they are going to heaven or not. I, I feel that there might be a handful of people that I can be, I should be 100% sure that are going to heaven. Um, 100% sure. And no offense to any of you, but when I talk to you, if you were to say, I've got a question about whether I'm going to heaven or not, I, I would I would say, okay, let's let's talk about that. Because I don't ever want to assume that someone knows Jesus Christ is their personal Savior. That would be a mistake, I think. Because what we won't know, God is the judge. And we I can't know, I can't really know what's going on in your heart until we go to heaven. And we see who's there. And we'll probably be surprised by some people who are there. And we'll probably be surprised by some people who aren't there. And we definitely can't know anything about that um, of people we have we really don't know, people that we see on television. And I think about the president. I hope you pray for him often. We can't be sure if he's a Christian or if he's not a Christian or, or historical figures for that matter. And please don't think that uh, I'm saying something uh, negative about our president. Or um, He deserves prayers just like other presidents who've come before him. And we should be praying that he, he does know Jesus Christ as his personal Savior, whether he does or doesn't. Let's say he's a pre he does know Jesus Christ as his personal Savior, and he does go to heaven. I have um, a sneaky suspicion he could have a pretty good conversation with the person we are going to be talking about tonight. They could probably both be talking about their desire to, to build a wall in their homeland. And about how the liberals wanted to fight them all the way. And um, just the struggle that that was. I'm sure that Nehemiah and Trump would have a lot to talk about. So as I was thinking about that, as um, I was preparing tonight, if, if Donald Trump goes to heaven, if he knows Jesus Christ is his personal Savior, him and Nehemiah can probably talk for years. I'm just glad that uh, Donald Trump hasn't sent us down to Texas with a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other, right? So um, let's open to Nehemiah. Open to the book of Nehemiah. <clears throat> Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 4 to 11, we have Nehemiah's prayer for his land and his people. In verse 4, it says, So it was, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept, and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your commandment and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night. 
for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinance, which you have commanded your servant Moses. Remember, I pray, the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are faithful, if you are unfaithful, excuse me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of heaven, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to my prayer, O your servant, and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name. And let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was the king's cupbearer. I look at here as Nehemiah is praying to God. The first thing that I noticed is that as Nehemiah is praying, his prayer is serious. It says here, he mourned for many days. He sat down, he wept, and he fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. If we have a prayer, a prayer that we want answered, are we serious about that prayer? Sometimes I think that um, people who might think that prayer doesn't work, that prayer can't accomplish anything. They wonder if their prayers are reaching the ceiling or if they're getting up to the throne of heaven. I wonder if they are truly serious about their prayer like Nehemiah was. Many days he, he wept before the Lord. He fasted. This prayer that he wanted answered from God was something that was very, very serious to him. I don't know if you keep a prayer journal, but I would encourage you if that's something that you don't do, do it. I was clearing some things off of my desk the other day and there was something that I definitely wouldn't throw away and that that is a prayer journal that I kept. There are a lot of things that I could toss in the trash that I may never use again and I may never pick up that prayer journal again in my life. But that's something that I would like if my kids uh, ever had to go through my stuff. I'd like them to pick up that prayer journal and see for years the things that dad was praying about and the way that God answered them. That's, that's something I'd really like for them to be able to see. And I'd encourage you, if, if you don't have a prayer journal, keep one. I'd like them to be able to watch as... God answered prayers. 
I love how Nehemiah, like so many people in the Bible, he prays that God will have open ears and eyes that see. We see that so often through the scriptures, that we have a seeing and hearing God, a God who is very active in those two things. And I think that it's absolutely okay for you to go to God and you, if you have something going on in your life that you would like God to zero in on. We, I believe that God is absolutely everywhere. And I believe that he knows all and he sees all. But I think it's, it's also very appropriate for us as Christians as we are praying to say, God, could you zero in and look and see what's going on here? Because that's something I see in the Bible. People asking God to do that. And we can ask God, God, can you hear my request? Please, God, see what's going on. We, I know that he knows. And I know that, that he cares. But I also find in the Bible that it, it's appropriate for, him to, for us to ask him and for him to answer and say, I see. I hear. I know exactly what's going on in this situation. And I am going to act. I'm so glad we got a God that acts. A God that observes. A God that does these things. And Nehemiah notices that things are wrong. Things have gone wrong with the children of Israel. He acknowledges his sin. And he prays to God. And, and he acknowledges what God has done in the scriptures. And God answered that request. And, and so what I love about this passage of scripture. At the beginning of Nehemiah. Is Nehemiah is this cupbearer and he has this burden for his people and, and things are, are going well for him and he's praying and God works and God moves and he's been praying for a long time, for many days. Um, sometimes we pray about something for a long time. We pray that God will get a hold of somebody's heart. God will get a hold of somebody's heart. God will get a hold of somebody's heart. I pray for my neighbor. I pray for my neighbor. I pray for my neighbor. Pray for my neighbor. We do that over and over and over again. I pray for my grandson. I pray for my grandson. I pray for my grandson. Pray for my grandson. And we beg and we pour out to God that request. And then one day, the king notices something different in Nehemiah's countenance. We, we know that. And in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 4, all of a sudden, there's an open door for Nehemiah. In Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 4, it says, Then the king said to me, What do you request? And in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 4, we have this quick prayer. In verse 4 it says, So I prayed to the God of heaven. That's, that's all it says. So I prayed to the God of heaven. So you think about what Nehemiah, and we, we see here that day after day, he's gone before God and he's prayed for his people. He's prayed for his people. He's prayed scripture to his people. He's prayed that God would see. He's prayed that God would hear. He's prayed and prayed and prayed. The open door comes and he says, God, I pray for this situation right here, right now. And, and it might have been this short little prayer. Um, do you think take this take the circumstances and the situation 
Do you think that both of those prayers were important? I absolutely think so. Do you think if we're looking for God to do something in our life, we pray night after night after night. We pray every morning for that. And we just pray that God will answer. Pray that God will answer. Pray that God will answer. And then the open door comes. And in that moment, we give a quick little prayer to God. God, this is the moment. This is it. Help. Do you think God hears those requests too? And answers those? I think that you look at this situation and and I really see if you want a powerful prayer life, you want God to work in your neighborhood, in your family, in the life of someone, I think this has got to be it. I've had a request that I've been praying for for a while. And this last week I got saw God kind of move and and answer that request. I've been praying for it and praying for it and praying for it. I got a phone call I wasn't expecting. And as I'm thinking about my answer, I'm saying, God, this is a phone call I've been waiting for. Lord, I pray. And that's very, very appropriate for us to do. And so as we think about Nehemiah, one of the things that I think about is that uh, his prayer life he knew the scriptures. He knew why the children of Israel were going in this wrong direction. And he knew that God wanted reconciliation and redemption to be had for these people. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles, chapter 7, starting in verse 12. It says, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heavens and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among the people. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and heal their land. In Second Chronicles chapter 7, as Solomon prays for the children of Israel as, as he dedicates the temple, we see a warning that if a nation, the nation of Israel, turns from God to idols, God will punish the land of Israel. And that's exactly what Nehemiah had recognized that had happened. And so what Nehemiah did was exactly verse 14. He prayed for the hope of the reconciliation 
for God's people and what God could do and how God could heal their land. Now, I, I really am careful. I, I try to be careful not to try to replace the United States of America in the Bible with the nation of Israel. I, I have been taught for a long time that that is uh, not an appropriate thing to do. But at the same time, as I read this verse and I understand, I look at our nation. We could look at our community. We could look at our home. And we could apply the same principles. This week, I had a conversation about where I just talked about the cloud that seems to be over the world today. Satan isn't setting up a throne and sitting on it, but his influence is over is over the world. So sin is ruling in the hearts of way too many people, Christians even. And the deceiver is stealing the hearts and lives of people. It's a sad state. Our world's in trouble. It's kind of interesting. In talking about the rapture. Twice now I've had someone come and say to me, I know that the rapture's coming and, and it's amazing. And I think that I'll be, the Bible teaches that I'll be caught up together with the church and I kind of look forward to that. But at the same time, uh, I would also like to be here um, when the church is gone and there's a world of people that are ready to listen. I thought, wow, you know, that's kind of an awesome way to look at it. It's a really neat way to look at it. But I still want to be raptured home with Jesus Christ right now. Like I want to see him. And that's something that's that's treasured for the saints. So I guess the answer to that is what's stopping you right now? And the things that you say right now are going to have a big impact if you're gone tomorrow. Right? But I also understand and I applaud their, their thought of, I'd like to be here to help those people who are left behind, who are here to face the world. <laughs> but I don't want to, you know, God pulls his church out of the, at that time for a reason. and There's a purpose. And I think we need to be praying for people today. We need to be praying for uh, the sin that has allowed this gloomy cloud to sit over our world as it appears that sin is ruling and reigning from its throne because there's hope right there's hope there's hope today even if it seems like the devil is seated on his throne and there's this cloud of that sin has put over the world God could have revival in Port Crane. He could have revival 
in your family. He could have revival in this nation. Are we any different, any worse than the children of Israel were? No. Look at, look at, read the testimony. If God can do it in the days of Nehemiah, in the days of Ezra, if God could do it then, He can do it now. And maybe a place to start is with your family. You as a Bible-believing Christian, you see that there, there is an opportunity for family members who have gone astray to find revival. Pray for them like Nehemiah did. Pray that God will do something. Some things that I, I thought about this as we were talking about praying for the lost and praying for people who are running from the Lord and, and like Nehemiah, praying long term, but also being ready to pray in a moment's notice is to look to Christ. Let's look, turn to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 and verse 12 says, Now it came to pass in those days that he, Jesus, went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. I believe that prayer meetings are important. In two weekends, we're going to look at believers' prayer meetings. I think Wednesday night prayer meetings are excellent. I think um, a ladies' prayer group is great. I think Sunday school praying together, seasoned saints praying together, that, those are great things. It's also important for us to have corporate worship, for us to get together as Christians to pray and read the Bible and encourage each other. Those are very important. But something that we learn from Jesus Christ, from Nehemiah, is you also need that personal time with the Lord. Sometimes you need to just set everything aside and go get away and pray with God. Both are important. We need to make sure that we have both in those lives. When was last time? And this is something that we all got to ask. This is something that I've got to ask myself. When was the last time? You stepped away. You got alone. And you prayed. Maybe you and the Lord need to go on a fishing trip. Maybe you and the Lord need to sit on the back porch tomorrow and spend some time together. Maybe you need to tell someone, hey, I need just a couple hours to go spend time with God. It's very important. And sometimes when I think about the think about what we're talking about, uh, Nehemiah praying for his nation and the king giving him the opportunity for the nation of Israel being a wreck and a disaster. I've got a question for you. When we put that into like terms of our family, and you're praying for for grandkids that have run from the Lord and you're trying to witness to them. You tried to witness to them, but they go, Oh, you, you know, that church stuff's for you. 
I'm young and I and they're not listening, but your heart's broken for them. You ever feel like you've just run out of stuff to pray about? You don't know how to pray about. You don't know what to say. Turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And I hope that Romans chapter 8 can uh, be of some comfort to you. It's probably a verse you've heard before. And I hope that as we just put this all together, it's just something that can encourage every single one of us today. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray. For as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, and whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. In our prayer lives, we need help. And God gave us the Holy Spirit to help us to pray. I, You don't have all the answers sometimes. Sometimes someone comes to you with a life problem and you don't have the answers. But you know that God is at work and he works things for his glory. And he moves and directs in the lives of people to do great things. He is a God that can hear your heart and hear you when you don't know what the answer is. And he can help you. He can help you pray. He can hear your thoughts. And if he's seeing and if he's hearing what's going on, he can act. When you don't know what to pray, just pray for the Holy Spirit. Pray for him to help you. Give you the words to speak. God gives you answers when you feel like there are none. Because there'll be those times where there seems like there's no answer. Pray to God. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, I pray that you might help us to be prayer warriors. I thank you for Nehemiah who, who prayed and prayed and prayed day after day after day. And when the door was open, he prayed. And Lord, as 
I think about the world around me and what I'd like to see happen and what I see happening. Sometimes I don't know what to pray or how to pray. But I thank you that your spirit has the answer. Lord, I just pray that you'll help us to live in the will of God, to trust you each day, and let your Holy Spirit work. Help us to serve you. Help us to make difference in the world around us. Lord, save our lost and dying friends. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.